Today's Hope FM Drive Show is brought to you by Spring Harvest, bringing the whole church together to worship, learn and share. For the latest news and events, visit springharvest.org. Well, I hope you're having a great day wherever you are. Thanks for joining me, Gordon T, here on Hope FM Drive. And it's my absolute privilege to welcome our first guest of the show today, uh, and that's Jeff Lucas. Hey, Jeff, how are you doing? I'm doing really well, Gordon. How about you? The sun is shining here. I like it. It, it has been shining. It's now looking a little bit grey out there. But I have just promised the listeners in the web forecast that hopefully that will clear up soon and the sun will be back, which will be great. Um, so Wonderful. I know that probably a lot of our listeners will know you, but not everyone will. Um, so I should just probably say that you're a very well-established author. You've written a, a huge number of books. How many books have you written? Is it over, over 30 maybe? Yeah, somewhere at 33 or something like that, 34, I don't know. Uh, yeah, and, and they've yeah, sold over a million copies. They've, they've been quite successful world, worldwide, haven't they? So, uh, and I've, there's lots of things I'd like to ask you about, but if it's okay, could I just ask, what, what has the last 12, 16 months looked like for Jeff Lucas? Because I guess you had to have a gear change. Yeah, total gear change. And people have sort of asked me, you know, how are you doing and all of this? And frankly, my response, Gordon, has been depends on which time of the day you ask me, really, because it's, it's felt a little bit like, I've said this often, like we've been stuck in a Bruce Willis disaster movie, but Brucey hasn't shown up to rescue us. And yeah. it's been surreal, <laughs> yeah. you know. Um, I, think, I think, frankly, we've all been... We've all, all been in shock. I mean, who would have imagined? And there's been an unprecedented use of the word unprecedented throughout this. So generally, okay, um, but obviously very, very mindful of the fact that not just nationally, but globally, we've been in such a disaster zone. And so many people, not only ill, but uh, physically, but ban- battling all kinds of mental health issues. And of course, the church having to make a response and, and pivot, I think that's the word that people are using a lot lately, um, in their response to what's been going on. But it, yeah, it's been a really tough time. Um, I think that's probably something that many people would share that feeling. But also you're in an unusual situation because you're between two nations. You spend some of your time in, in southern England and then some of it in the States. Where have you been based during this time? Well, in both places, because I'm... Uh, permanent resident in the US with all of the appropriate testing and quarantining and all of that we have been able to go backwards and forwards a number of times not nearly the amount of times that we would have previously Um, so yeah it's been an unusual situation and of course quite a contrast between the restrictions and legislation in the USA versus the UK I'll tell you what I have discovered during this though Gordon and that is you know, people have said, where is God? Where is faith in all of this? And it, it really has struck me that much of the Bible was written by people in lockdown for people in lockdown, whether it's Israel in Egypt or whether it's Joseph in prison or the Apostle Paul singing hymns at midnight and then two years incarcerated in house arrest in Rome or the Apostle John on the prison island of Patmos. So much of the Bible is actually about lockdown. So the notion that faith has little connection with the traumas that the globe has been going through, actually you've only got to open the Bible and realize that lockdown and restriction is almost normative rather than being unusual. Uh, but of course, that's easy to say, but finding God 
and maintaining faith and faithfulness in the midst of this. I'm not denying it's also been a challenge as well. I've got a couple of questions straight away off the back of that. Well, one is, how do you personally keep yourself receiving from Jesus? Um, actually, if you want me to be <laughs> totally honest, um, at, at the moment, that's about putting one foot in front of another and getting on with it and getting on with doing what I've been called to do, regardless of the ups and downs of the emotional graph. Um, I also... Actually, writing daily Bible reading notes has been something that I've done for 17 years, and that has forced me into kind of daily study of Scripture, which has been personally really nourishing for me. I'm not terribly good at prayer, because I'm an activist, and I've been trying to work on that with various degrees of success or failure. But um, I think that um, in times when we are bombarded by so many different messages, most of them negative, to bring our hearts and minds to the straight edge of Scripture and wash our minds, because we're all being brainwashed. It's just a, the question is what we're washing our brains in. If we could simply, um, or simply a part of that for me, is that, is that sense of coming back to what is true, rather than what I necessarily feel at any given moment. That's been a key part for me. Yeah, that's, that's wise. I think our feelings can often uh, paint a picture, which is not the same picture that God would paint for us. Uh, you mentioned writing these daily Bible notes. Um, having done it for 17 years, there's got to be quite a collection of them. So if people are interested, maybe some of our listeners won't be Christians, they won't currently go to church, but they might be interested in having a little look at sort of a, a daily little thing they can do. Well, where do people get a hold of your Bible notes? Well, the best the best place at the moment is to go to um, to my website jefflucas.org, J-E-F-F-L-U-C-A-S dot O-R-G, and that's where you'll find details. Also, I'm doing a, a three times a week Monday, Wednesday, Friday thing called Jeff and Ori on Facebook, and that's 15 minutes of me blethering on, hopefully saying something mildly useful. Um, at 3 p.m. British time, but we also have people joining us from. Colorado, where I'm a teaching pastor in Timberline Church, and um, and from as far away, not only as Australia, but uh, well, all kinds of places around the globe as well. So uh, that's that's a, a place where people can locate me should they be interested. We'll, we'll make sure that we have the links for those on our Hope FM socials, so people can click through. As you say, three o'clock was that on Monday, Wednesday, Friday? Did you say? Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 3 p.m. Uh, yeah. UK time, yeah. For the foreseeable future, that's what happens. And it goes out live, but if people can't join at that time, if they go to um, Jeff Lucas UK on the Facebook page, they can always um, check that out at whatever time they wish. So just to rewind, you talked, well, you mentioned just in a snippet of a sentence about there being a difference between the UK and the USA. Uh, I'd like to know a little bit about what the difference has been with the church's response as well as the governmental response to to COVID generally. Well, I, bear in mind that the United States, it's, it's, it's what it says it is. It's a group of different states and the legislation in every state, in every city can be quite different rather than a unified or uniform response to the pandemic as it's been um, certainly, we've seen some, obviously, some diversification in the union between England, Scotland and Northern Ireland and Wales. 
with different legislation there. Well, imagine that magnified hundreds of times because, or, or diversified hundreds of times. And so there have been some states where there have been very little restriction. People have not been encouraged to wear masks. Uh, others where it's been very, very restrictive. And then, of course, the whole thing has been incredibly politicized in the last couple of years. And so it's not just been about dealing with a pandemic, but it's about um, the particular political view that you take affecting your response to the pandemic. And there's been some of that here, but nothing like what it's been in the U.S. And so... That has made it complicated. And as a church leader, it's difficult to be on the winning side. I don't mean politically. You know, there were people who were upset because we were asking them to wear masks. And there were people who were upset because we, at some stage, we were not asking people to wear masks. And so it goes on. And then you, you sounding somewhat irreverent, but when you put God in the mix as well, and sadly, Christians can be quite good to rush to the notion that their opinion must surely be God's opinion because they're on his side or rather he's on theirs and it all becomes a bit messy. So there have been times when one has been tempted to just put a tin helmet on or just withdraw to a bunker, but that's leadership. That that sadly is leadership. And I think that's probably something that is playing out a bit across the UK now. There's been numbers of churches around our area here where they've opened up and then had to actually go back online again because there's been so many people getting pinged and and outbreaks in the church and things like that so it it is certainly one of those complicated i, I don't even know if there's necessarily a right answer you can only do the best that you can do with the information you have to hand at that moment and be prayerful in it um but i've got to say having to battle uh, different cultures as well uh, would make it extra challenging i should imagine so I'd, I'm interested to know because obviously people who consider you to be a mature christian i think i would probably agree with that um what has Jesus been teaching you lately? Uh, I think that one of the principal lessons has, has been about leaning into grace, really, which I thought, you know, we sing about amazing grace, but the challenge is actually experiencing it. And um, my my awareness as I've been in Christian leadership now for over four decades is that we Christians are good at singing and talking about grace, but not so good at leaning our weight upon grace. And this has been a time of, 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 of where, frankly, my own spiritual habits have been really random and inconsistent. It's been a time also of some frustration and some anger, not, not at people around me, but frankly, at God, because there have been times when I've just felt like, why are you so quiet? And I'm, I'm one of those Christians who I'm totally committed to the truth about God, the God who intervenes. Let's face it, in a pandemic-type situation, um, interventions, the interventions of God have seemed somewhat scarce. But I have learned that in this I can lean God's grace, and I can be really honest with him. I can lament. So many of the Psalms are about lament, which... As a friend of mine said recently, this is not just God giving us permission to complain and express our frustration to him, but actually demanding that of us because that's authentic. I love that verse, Gordon, where it talks about Jonah, famous for the big fish, and it says Jonah was angry and he prayed. I love that. I love the conjunction between 
the frustration that he felt, but the fact that he also was able to bring that anger to God in prayer. And you look at people like Jeremiah, who basically told God that he wished he'd never been born and was really, really very upset. And I've come to realize that actually expressing our frustration is not a lack of reverence, but an act of reverence as we, we learn to bring our sorrows to God and be truthful about how we feel. Our feelings are not the barometer of our spirituality. However, our feelings feel very real to us, so why don't we just bring them to the God who knows and sees it all anyway? That, that makes absolutely tons of sense. I can imagine a few people might be listening thinking, oh no, I couldn't, I couldn't ever be angry towards God, I couldn't let fire with my emotions, but uh, you've got quite good examples there. I think the Bible stands up quite well for scrutiny on these things. Actually, God is big enough to handle our honesty. So I, I think that perhaps there's a, an opportunity, particularly for blokes actually as well, to just get a bit honest with God because we do sometimes hold our emotions back. Um, can I ask a question about humility? I, when I was just looking uh, before the show a little bit, I've, I've heard you speak numbers of times, but when I was looking before the show, I thought I'll just have a quick look at what you've achieved, achieved with little quotes around it. And it's a huge long list, but obviously God loved you before you started doing a huge number of different things and his love hasn't grown or changed at all. He still loves you exactly the same. But there must be a difficulty with people looking and going, oh, it's Jeff Lucas, his done all this stuff, is this amazing Christian, and sticking you on a pedestal. How do you stay humble and keep grounded in the middle of people mistakenly sticking you on a pedestal that you presumably don't really want to be on? No, I don't want to be on a pedestal, and it's actually really very, very easy to maintain that kind of posture, and there's a simple reason for that, and that is I know me, and I know... I know my own internal struggles and fears and, and, and uh, failures historically, and I am well acquainted with me. And so it is, it's no difficulty whatsoever um, to, to maintain a sense of feet on the ground because um, much of my ministry anyway, Gordon, has been about me meandering through life like a Mr. Bean with the Bible, lashing things up, making mistakes, rushing to conclusions. My ministry has been built on my consistent patterns of ineptitude. So um, I'm not the fluorescent glow-in-the-dark superstar leader who always gets it right. On the contrary, much of the time I get it wrong, and that actually has provided quite a lot of fuel for what I've done through the years. So humility is not hard because... I know what a lash-up I am, and, and I'm a broken person under construction like we all are. But as you rightly say, and the truth we celebrate, as we are right now, we are greatly loved, greatly loved by God. And that's such a relief. Absolutely. Uh, and between the US, though, and the UK, I think there's quite a difference. And, and there is, uh, I think more of a tendency towards celebrity Christian culture in the US. Do you notice that difference at all or not really? Not really. And uh, I, I mean, the, populate, the Christian population in the US is larger. Therefore, if I can put it like this, the, the audience, the market is larger. That's a crude way of describing it. But the celebrity Christian piece, that's really interesting, because I've, I've, I've sometimes heard people sneer about celebrity Christians. Well, actually, 
most of the people that I know who are well-known are simply well-known because God has blessed them and enabled them to help others. And it's all too easy, if I may say so, particularly in our British culture, someone gets a little bit famous in the Christian world, which, let's face it, is like being a big goldfish, not only in a goldfish bowl, but in one of those little plastic bags you get from the fair. It's no big deal. But someone gets a little bit famous or well-known because God has blessed them, and then suddenly people are are rattling on about celebrity Christians and how terrible that is, and and um, and we don't want anyone who's well known. Uh, the only trouble is if you take that pattern, the moment that person you invite to do something becomes well known because they've been blessed to help others, we shoot them as well. So some of the conversation about celebrity Christian. Um, uh, thinking, uh, I, I must confess, I find some of it a bit irritating, really, because it's like, well, I'm really sorry, but if somebody knows um, Mrs. X's name because she's written a book that's been helpful, what is so terribly wrong with that? Now, there's a difference between that and some big machinery that is just pumping out celebrity um, material that makes the person look like a fluorescent glow-in-the-dark individual. But if we're just being ourselves and doing what we feel that God has called us to do, and a few people around around the world know our names, what's the big deal about that? It, I suppose it's when we allow the celebrity thing or being a bit well-known to feed our souls and we start to become entitled and arrogant and demanding that's where the problem really kicks in. And, of course, that is a problem. It's dangerous. Success mm. in any arena is dangerous. It's especially dangerous in the arena in which we live because God is involved. And uh, we, all, of that, all of that demands that we be very careful if we are blessed with success, however you evaluate the word success. Yeah, yeah, that that's really helpful taking it, actually. Uh, I've got one more question before I ask a little bit about what you're doing this coming year, but I'd like to know, what do you see as being, because you mentioned you've been in ministry for four decades, what do you see as the main dangers facing the church in this coming decade? I think the main dangers are, are always the same, and that is either irrelevance, where we refuse to look at the world that we're called to reach and if we don't continue to look at what's happening in the world then we'll, it's like we're sending mail to an address uh, the same address over and over but the person has already relocated and didn't leave a forwarding address so i think awareness of our culture but i think coupled with that uh, and the call to change and be flexible and experiment. Coupled with that, though, is a very real concern that I've got, and I know many leaders feel this, about biblical illiteracy among Christians. And I often find these days that people, for example, are talking about ethical issues, and they are approaching their responses to contemporary ethical issues, not from a basis of anything related to Scripture, but simply related to how they feel or uh, in terms of or looking at human rights issues, um, all of which, of course, must be included in our conversation. But as people of, of Scripture, Scripture has also got to be a vital foundation for these deliberations as well. So relevance coupled with biblical understanding, I think both of these are important. 
that that makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, I think uh, I'm going to make sure I'm getting stuck into the Bible more and more this coming decade, just to be safe. Right. Okay. So um, we're, we're running out of time. I, I, you know, I've got a list of questions that I was interested to find out about, but what I probably should ask is, uh, is there an announcement that you are making very sort of soonish? And if so, do you want to make it now? But if not, we'll have to just stay tuned for it another time. Yeah, I'm going to be making an announcement next Monday, and I really can't make it now because I I would really be upsetting quite a lot of people. But don't upset anyone. Facebook's the place to get next Monday. Yeah, we don't want to upset anybody. So Facebook next Monday, uh, big, big, huge, gigantic, gargantuan, that will be the word, announcement, at least as far as I'm concerned, Gordon. So check it out next Monday. That, that's fine. So next Monday, three o'clock live on your Facebook. Is that where to be? That's the one. Yeah. That's the one. Okay. And what, what, what do you think God has in store for you? What's the key thing he wants you to be working on this coming year? Um, well, I'm, my role at Timberline Church, which it takes up much of my time, I'm really excited about that as an executive pastor and teaching pastor there. Um, so that's going to continue, and my writing is going to continue. And also, we take trips to the Holy Land every year, and um, we're going to—it's wonderful, actually. Those are life-altering opportunities for people to just be in the landscape of the Bible. So that'll be part of our next year as well. Looking forward to that. That sounds fantastic. I hope that goes very smoothly for you. Um, just so your website address—what was that again, sir? It's www. It always is, isn't it? JeffLucas.org. JeffLucas.org. That's J-E-F-F. JeffLucas.org. May I say thank you so very much indeed for sparing time to join us today on Hope FM Drive. It's been a pleasure getting to chat to you a little bit, and I hope we can have you back on the show uh, in the future to find out what God has been doing with you uh, across the year. Thanks very much, Gordon. This is Hope FM.